Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Episode 11, The Pastor as Shepherd. As you know, I've been working through these five calls of a pastor, and we're at the fifth call, which is the pastor as pastor, or the pastor as shepherd. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. Father, I just ask for wisdom, and as I'm recording this, I need your help. I ask for clarity and precision with speech, and I ask that you would help me be as biblical as possible as I talk to these listeners about shepherding and ask them to consider a few things. Shepherding has fallen out, unfortunately, of popularity, and I ask that you would just give clarity. I trust that you will. Holy Spirit, lead. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 2006, Andy Stanley was famously interviewed. Uh, there was an interview with Christianity Today. It's their leadership journal. And he was asked a few questions. And I just want to read some excerpts from that interview because I think they're pretty alarming. And I actually think that these ideas have permeated the church even more today. So we're 12 years removed from this from this interview. And these ideas that he presents have just grown and grown and grown into the machine that is a lot of evangelicalism today. So here are a few questions and answers from that interview. Question number one, what is, the distinctly, what is distinctly spiritual about the kind of leadership you do? Here is Andy Stanley's response. There is nothing distinctly spiritual. I think the big problem in the church has been the dichotomy between, the spirit, between spirituality and leadership. One of the criticisms I get is your church is so corporate. I read blogs all the time, blogs complaining, the pastor's like a CEO. And I say, okay, you're right. Now, why is that a bad model? A principle is a principle, and God created all the principles, Stanley says. There's another question that's asked. So what's the principle behind the CEO model? Here's what Stanley says. Follow me. Follow we never works. It never works. It's follow me. God gives a man or woman a gift of leadership. And any organization that has a point leader with accountability and freedom to use their gifts do well. Unfortunately, in the church world, we're afraid of that. It's been abused. Well, of course it's been abused. But to abandon the model is silly. Churches should quit saying, oh, that's all that businesses do. That whole attitude is so wrong, and it hurts the church. In terms of the shifting culture, I think... I say thanks to guys like Bill Hybels and others who have been unafraid to say we have a corporate side of our ministry. It's going to be the best corporate institution it can possibly be, and we're not going to try to merge the first century. The church wasn't an organization in the first century, Stanley says. There weren't writing checks and buying property. The church has matured and developed over the years. But for some reason, the last thing to change is the structure of leadership. That's important. The last thing to change is the structure of leadership, Stanley says. Now, he goes on. The next question is this. Should we stop talking about pastors as shepherds? <laughs> now, this sh- sent shockwaves through uh, a lot of people's hearts when he said this. Absolutely. The word needs to go away. This is what Stanley says. The word shepherds for pastors needs to completely go away, as if pastor doesn't mean shepherd. Jesus talked about shepherds because there was one over there in a pasture who he could point to. But to bring that imagery today and say, pastor, you're a shepherd of the flock. No, I have never seen a flock. Remember, Peter said, shepherd the flock of God among you. 
But Stanley here says, Pastor, you're the shepherd of the flock. No, I've never seen a flock. I've never spent five minutes with a shepherd. I was cult- It was culturally relevant of the time of Jesus, but it's not culturally relevant anymore. Nothing works in our culture with that model except the sense of a gentle pastoral care. Obviously, that's the face of church ministry, but that's not leadership. Wow. Okay. Is Stanley right or is he wrong? He's never spent five minutes with a shepherd, he says. And yet, Jesus in the scriptures is called the chief shepherd. I think shepherding has become uh, and really has been unpopular for a very long time. Uh, And unfortunately, as Stanley's ideas have continued to penetrate the church culture, the American church landscape anyways, um, I think some things that Eugene Peterson has written really describes it with with a little bit of satire uh, where we are today and where many churches are today. And I really just want to set this up before I go into Ezekiel chapter 34 and I look at a couple things from from Ezekiel 34. Uh, But I want you to consider what Eugene Peterson had to say. And it's a little bit longer of an excerpt, but hang in there. It's okay. Here's what he says in his book, Working the Angles. I'll never forget when I read this for the first time. It was years ago, I think it was 2008, and I picked up this book, Working the Angles, and I read the intro, and it has stuck with me, and I think it will stick with me for, the, for, for just my entire life. Here's what he says. For a long time, I've been convinced that I could take a person with a high school education, give him or her a six-month trade school training, and provide a pastor who would be satisfactory to any discriminating American congregation. The curriculum would consist of four courses. Course one, creative plagiarism. I would put you in touch with a wide range of excellent and inspirational talks, show you how to alter alter them just enough to obscure their origins and get you a reputation, get you a reputation for wit and wisdom. Course two, voice control for prayer and counseling. We would develop your own distinct style of Holy Joe Innotation acquiring the skill in resonance and modulation that conveys the unmistakable aura of sanctity. Course 3. Efficient office management. There is nothing that parishioners admire more in their pastors than the capacity to run a tight ship administratively. If we return all telephone calls within 24 hours, answer all letters within a week, distributing enough carbons to key people that they will know that we are on top of things and have just the right amount of clutter on our desk, not too much, or we appear inefficient, not too little, or we appear underemployed, we will quickly get the reputation for efficiency that is far more important than anything we actually do in ministry. Course 4. Image Projection. Here, we would master the half-dozen well-known and easily implemented devices that create the impression that we are terrifically busy and widely sought after for counsel by influential people in the community. A one-week refresher course each year would introduce new phrases that would convince our parishioners that we are bold innovators on the cutting edge of the megatrends and at the same time solidly rooted in the traditional values of our sainted ancestors. I've been laughing for several years now over this trade school training for pastors with which I would make my fortune. Recently, though, the joke has backfired on me. I keep seeing advertisements for institutions and workshops all over the country that invite pastors to sign up for this exact curriculum. The advertised course offerings are not quite as honestly labeled as mine, but the content appears to be identical, a curriculum that trains pastors to satisfy the current consumer's 
tastes in religion. I'm not laughing anymore. Neither am I, Eugene. Well, Ezekiel chapter 34 has something to say about this. Shepherding has been unpopular for a long time. Blue-collar work usually is. But Ezekiel chapter 34, God says this to the shepherds of Israel. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy, say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord to you, the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they are scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered, they wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become as a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for the sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. Wow. Strong, strong language. Jesus regularly used sheep and shepherd language. In fact, the New Testament, we find that Jesus is the true shepherd, the real shepherd. All these false shepherds, fake shepherds failed. The real shepherd was to come, and he will show us two things. Jesus, the real shepherd, the true shepherd, is going to show us the importance of the work and the dignity of this blue-collar work. Because Ezekiel chapter 30, 35 continues, excuse me, chapter 34 continues. In verse 11, it says this, For thus says the Lord, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among the sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered and they have clouds and darkness. And I will bring them out from my peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them out into their own land. Verse 15, I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. And I will feed them in justice. Shepherding is a noble, noble task. Jesus, like I said, regularly used this language. You remember when he was walking with Peter in John chapter 20? He's resurrected. He's walking on the beach. And he gives Peter three imperatives. Feed my sheep or feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. And then feed my sheep. You know, Jesus came as a prophet, priest, and king. And king was a universally understood position of authority. And really, it's endured the test of time. It was a model of leadership that was available for Jesus to speak to and use for the church. He could have said to Peter, lead like a king. He really could have said, lead like a king, rule like a good king. Lead my sheep like a good king. Or lead the constituents or the consumers like a good king, but he doesn't. He says, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, lead or feed my sheep. In 1 Peter 5, we see that Peter remembers those words that Jesus used because he looks to the other leaders and he humbly calls himself a fellow elder, even though he was apostle. He says, as a fellow elder, and then he 
turns to these fellow elders and he says, Shepherd the flock of God among you. Shepherd the flock of God among you. We need men who will respond to Peter's words like this. Okay, I will. By the grace of God, I will. Leaders abound, shepherds are few. I want you to hear that. Leaders abound, shepherds are few. Leaders are everywhere. True shepherds, where are they? We need men who will stand up and be shepherds. But then the question has to be asked, what do shepherds actually do? Well, I'll tell you this, shepherds work hard, just like everybody else in the congregation. Everybody else in the congregation has stresses to, the, stresses to their life and their call. So does the shepherd, and by the way, it is Pastor Appreciation Month. I don't know a construction worker that's ever had a construction worker appreciation month. And so I'll just say that to you, shepherds, you have to work hard, and the work is hard, but don't miss the perks of being a shepherd. There's some really nice things. People in your church who are out working, they don't get an appreciation month. Most of them don't. But shepherds, you need to know that the call of shepherding is to, is to work hard. It's a call of hard work. The next seven episodes are going to be devoted to the work of shepherding. What does it mean to be a shepherd? We've talked about that, the five calls of a shepherd. Who is a shepherd? But then the question remains, it kind of hovers over us, if we, if we accept shepherding as the call, what do shepherds do? What does a shepherd actually do? What is a pastor? What do we actually do? The next seven episodes are going to be devoted to answering that question. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.